With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dear Lord, we thank you for enabling us to come together before you again tonight and this evening. Dear Lord, the evening's a very special time. Lord, it's a time when we can come before you and seek instruction and speak to you of our issues. And Lord, in the nighttime, you pour out the blessing, dear Lord. You seal your instructions in the night. And dear Lord, in the morning, dear Lord, they're made known. And Lord, it is true that in eternity, you're going or in really in the millennium as well, dear Lord, when you refine us at this time, dear God, when you, when you circumcise our hearts, dear Lord, it's going to be that we will actually have the instruction in the evening time because it's going to be like it will be in the time of the millennium where, dear Lord, you'll be with us at that time and the instruction will be with us continuously. We will not have any night there. But, dear Lord, you tell us in Daniel twelve two to 3 that in this time there will be those that will shine like the likeness of the firmament and like the stars forever. And dear Lord, right now, as you showed me, dear God, because you took me to the firmament. And dear Lord, you, we stood in it. And you tell us in the book of Job, dear Lord, that the firmament is like a cast iron mirror. And dear Lord, at this time, as you said, all of men's thoughts are evil and self-centered. They're not on the kingdom. They're not where they need to be. Our hearts are not circumcised. Because we have not asked for our hearts to be Cut away all the darkness and be filled only with your words. And with the intent of using those words to do good for others, not ourselves. Dear Lord, to focus on the world, dear Lord, not in the world as we know, but in the kingdom like heaven on earth. If we focus on that, doing the way of the words to benefit others, then, dear Lord, our hearts will be pure. Then, dear Lord, we will shine like the firmament because our focus is not on ourselves. We don't think about how important we are or anything else like that or our desires to be important or our desires to do anything. Dear Lord, our only desire is bringing glory to the kingdom of God by enabling good works for the glory of God so that others may see it and fall backwards if they will not believe it or they will see it and be thirsty and approach you to seek the knowledge and to increase the learning of your good works. Lord, help us to be like that. Help us to actually be like those that are going to shine in the firmament forever. Because, Lord, I'm afraid at this time we're not like that. Lord, our focus is on ourselves. Not on your kingdom. Not on the glory of your kingdom, which is really critical. Lord, there was a very important thing in history. Lord, when you, at the ending of the books of Deuteronomy, dear Lord, when you had Moses anoint Joshua to be the leader to go into the promised land instead of Moses' own sons. And Lord, you give us a real good clarification as why that occurred. When we look, dear Lord, in uh, the 
book of Judges, uh, chapter 18 and verse 30. Lord, you've told us in there, as a tribe of Dan that had went their own way, Lord, they they had as their priests the tribe of Moses. In other words, the, the family descendants of Moses were the teachers of them. But these are the ones that are, they worship idols and gods and they did not accomplish the works you'd asked them to do during their time, but they had Moses' sons as their teachers. So we can understand why you had Moses select Joshua and his descendants. Lord, we praise you for it. We know, you, dear Lord, that your, your ways are, are important because you know all of us. You know our blessings. You know our abilities. You know what you've given us to do. You know our works. Lord, you told us in Isaiah 40, 26, and lift up our, your eyes on high and see who has created these things, who brings out their hosts by number. He calls them all by name. And by the greatness of his might, the strength of his power, not one is missing. The strength of his power is your words. And your words are filled with the Holy Spirit that, and reads the intent of the heart and rewards us accordingly. And Lord, it's very important for us to understand that, dear Lord, the words are symbolic. Dear Lord, are not symbolic, but they are factual over all the particles. Dear Lord, I was explaining to someone today, dear God, that Every movement we make, a particle has to move. And dear Lord, not one of those movements is lost in heaven, but yet it is recorded. We think, dear Lord, the world system has great intelligence and they're recording everything. And Lord, I know they record every movement of a car and they keep that on their records. It's in our files, individual files. Dear Lord, everything we say and do that they can record, they do. And it's all in the files and they can bring it up if they wish to. They don't want people to know they have that much detailed memory of them. They don't want them to know that they go, since the 80s, they went out 10 calls to the distance. Dear Lord, when and the telephone system started recording, and dear Lord, the massive recording systems, and it's just multiplied unbelievably since then. But dear Lord, they record every conversation 10 10 persons out and 10 persons out on each one of the ones on the way to that 10, even to the 10th. So dear Lord, they're recording a massive amount of data on everybody so they can correlate it back to that single person plus all those other persons. And they record all that information, what your conversations are, what they're doing and so on. Lord, that is nothing compared to what your simple verse in Isaiah forty twenty six reveals. Lord, when we move our thumb it's known in heaven. The particles are numbered by you. And they've been measured by you. Numbered means you know exactly their placement at every given second of time in history. It's recorded. So if we use them outside of the straight line design that you've given us, if we followed your words, you'd be a light to our path and we would accomplish the works fast. But we don't do that. We wander here and there and go all over. Whichever way we go is because we're of the world. If we went of your way, we'd be going straight and and it would be multiplied the blessings that we'd receive, but we don't. But all those movements are recorded for every particle that's in us. Lord, you took me back and you showed me the creation standing in the firmament on the third day. After the third day, the earth was created 
was being filled. But the heavens were not planted, just like it says in Isaiah 51, 16. The earth was there, and I was looking, and now I understand it was completely flat. It was not a ball I was looking at. It was a circle. And Lord, the dome that's over the earth is not the firmament. The firmament has walls. It's a cast iron mirror. Reflects. You can look in it. But right now it's dark because we are of the world. The firmament was given a job to do. Its job is to separate those who go up and down. And how are we judged? We're judged by the words. So the reflection, that's why you tell us to look in the mirror. We're going to be able to look in the mirror and see you. When we see you, then we are of the light. But the firmament is recording all these things because you said in the firmament, let the words be on a fourth day of creation. And you let the light in, which is the words of God. The entrance of your words gives the light, gives understanding. It's simple. Understanding is what the law is. Understanding where every particle is to be, every, every movement of it. You control all that. You know it all. You record it all. You have it. And, in, and the heavens are recording all this and providing for us all the time. Science laws of men have nothing on your science laws. That's why you say, Lord, in John 9, 4, 5, suddenly they're not going to be able to work anymore because they will not be able to control the particles. You control them. They're going to get the plagues on their bodies and not be able to heal it. Their eyes are going to dissolve in their eye sockets and nothing they can do to put new eyes in or repair it. It's impossibility. They won't even know how because memory and knowledge is going to, seems like it's going to be away from them because they can't work. Lord, the host is all particles. What is a host? A host to you is something with your word in it. The stones have your word in it. Trees have your word in it. Water has your word in it. The air we breathe has the spirit in it. Dear Lord, we pray that the people understand that every particle is controlled. If we understand that fact, we can understand why you said, dear Lord, that if we speak to this mountain, it can be moved. If we have rightly discerned the word of God and we have turned to you and separated ourselves from the, from the world and we become a son of God, like it says in John 10, 35 to 37, then we have the authority and the power to do these things according to your will if we have wisdom and understanding and the knowledge of your uh, spirits, of the way of your spirits, the way of the four spirits, the way of the seven spirits, and understanding what the eighth, the regeneration means. Lord, we pray that the people begin to understand, dear Lord, your power is unbelievably, I mean, it's just amazing, astonishing. And Lord, you know when when an evil one stomps its feet. You know, when we have a temper tantrum, we kick a rock or little kids pound on the floor or we throw a grimace face or an evil one winks at another. See, when they wink at another, they're mocking your words because you told us, Lord, that we are to put your words as frontlets to our eyes and we're always looking to do good at one another. And winking is kind of a thing of the evil ones. Yes, we, we close our eyes because it's a constant reminder. You're using it to water the eyes. What is that telling us? You want us to be reborn, washed in the water of the words. And the eyes are supposed to be like lamps to the body. Lamps are the sea to understand. You know, when we have the, the first four sealed judgments, you tell John, come and see. See, if we heard that call, we wouldn't understand it. 
But John had the knowledge of the words, and he was one of the apostles' disciples. And what come is he understood the words. So when you tell him to come, he knew that he had the authority to understand by the way of the words what was happening. So he's recording the entirety of the book of Revelation in the way of the words of God, in the pure language of the kingdom of heaven. And that's why those of the world can understand it. And it's been so confusing to so many. And it's now becoming clearer as we become more understanding of your words. And you give us more authority with your words. We get deeper understanding. The spirit of truth is guiding us to understand these things. But, the, you know, the Left Behind series and all this is a testimony that they do not discern the words of God and do not understand the end times because it's so false. It is so false. The Antichrist has nothing to do at the time of these events. The Antichrist and the Ten Kings reign in the seven, same 42 hours, as it says in Revelation 17. At the same time, they turn their thrones over to them. But Lord, I'd like to just focus again on this thing. You're showing the generations, your plan of the generations is so important. Lord, I sent out a small writing today to a friend, dear Lord, on on the, what happened when the guy cut the woman's body in Judges 19 and 20. He cut her body into seven, part, excuse me, 12 parts and sent his servant around all the tribes of Israel because she'd been killed as a concubine by the tribe of Benjamin. I explained why the tribe of Benjamin being the 12th tribe. And we talked about this this week, dear Lord, with the just a marvelous blessing of the tribe of Benjamin. And Lord, it's just so sad, dear God, that so much of these things have happened at that time in Judges uh, 19 to 21 are just symbolic of this very time. Dear Lord, we we see like even in this thing with with your saying here with uh, the tribe of Dan, they kept that worship of, you know, in other words, they allowed any kind of worship. They had their priests, they had all these things, but, you know, they, they allowed any kind of teachings. And they had that until they went into captivity. And Lord, you're telling the people at this time, they're going to receive of the sins and of the plagues that you're going to bring upon those people who are following the harlot, which means that they're going into the captivity because they are going to be like captives. They're going to receive of the plagues of God. They're going to be put away. God is going to drive them far away from us into an area where he's going to punish them with the plagues. That's the captivity of the Lord because he's reigning at that time. And that's those being sent out into punishment. So they're going to continue worshiping these idols until that time. I pray they will not. I pray they will come out before the winter. But see, they accepted any kind of teaching. It's like accepting these end-time preachers. I'm sorry, I'm not picking on end-time preachers, but they got it wrong. They don't understand the day of the Lord because they can't understand the words. If they, if they rejected the knowledge of the words, they're not going to be able to stand the end times. And they're not putting the food of the kingdom in the storehouses of the people. That's a terrible thing. And you know how bad that is? I explained today to somebody, the, the thing about the, the food is so very important. You know, when God, when the Lord, when you, Lord, fed the 5,000 and then you fed the 4,000, there was 12 baskets left over. Of the 5,000, there was 12 baskets left over. Why? It was a marvelous thing because what is happening in this 
is that you tell us in Second uh, Kings 4, verse 43, that... Um, and, and and this goes on before that when the, when the man came from Balshashal uh, uh, and he brought the man of God uh, Elijah. This is time when there was a famine and all this. Um, he brought him um, a bread of the first fruits and twenty loaves of barley bread and newly ripened grain in a knapsack. And he said, "Give it to the people that they may eat." And they, you know, there's over a hundred people there eating. And uh, the guy said, you know, how can this be? Because they said, his servant said, what? Shall I set this before 100 men? And he said again, give it to the people that they may eat. For thus says the Lord, they shall eat and have some left over. See, at this time, we're coming up to the famine. The famine of the word. There'll be grain. What the Lord is saying, there'll be wheat and barley. It's going to cost them, you know, just for the wheat a, a day's wage. And it's going to cost them for the barley the instruction, a day's wage. And a day's wage, when you're in under, see, he won't touch the oil and wine. Those are his people that are set apart with knowledge of his eternal plan because they have the words of God in them. Because those are the ones who are set aside and have eternal life, as he tells us in uh, John five twenty four, And they're sons of God. John 10, um, 32 to 37 is telling us this. Now, important on this is these guys that are, uh, not set apart. They're going to have the famine and they're going to pay this price for instruction each day just to get bread to eat. Remember that when God set these people apart and tested them in the wilderness for that time, and these people are going to be there for, I believe, seven seasons because it says almost a time of a time of almost about a half an hour, which is either 18 to 21 months. That is going to be with them. That's in the seventh seal judgment that they're going to have that experience of those plagues. And when that occurs, you know, what, what the Lord is doing is he's, he's going to make them pay a price. When he tells them that they're going to pay a price at this time, and this is really already going on, the people don't understand. When the Lord tells them they're going to pay a day's wage for, for instruction, See, they're refusing the words of God and they're receiving the things of the, the doctrines of the world. They're keeping those things, but they do not understand that as they're doing that, they're building up a cost that they got to pay. That cost is being cast out with the with the wicked to be received of their plagues and also to be tossed in the Ezekiel 38 war because God will not protect them. God is going to laugh from heaven, as he says in Proverbs 1, 24 to 33. So they're going to pay a price. It's a day's wage. You know, they're going to understand the cost of that. And a day's wage is, can be also something else more severe. A day's wage means that in the morning time, they're not going to get paid for the whole day because during that whole day, they're going to be cast out from you and they will not receive your words. You will not, because he tells you in Luke you tell us in Luke fourteen twenty four that the Father will say to you, to not let these people receive your taste of his food. So day's wage. They're going to have to work that whole day to get it. There's many meanings there, and I'm sure it's deep, Father, all the things that are in there, but it's bad. They don't understand the power of the words. They don't understand what you said in Isaiah fifty five eleven. When the words are sent, they will never come back to you void. They will do what they're supposed to do. If we want to have food in this time, 
And as I was explaining, when they had the food left over and they collected it, and the Lord said to the disciples, do not waste any of this. Take it with you. Why is that? Because what is left over is something very special. This is holy bread. God gave it for a reason that there's some left over. It's a testimony to his glory, to his power, and to his eternal plan. It means that this is the bread. This is the special bread that has the true instructions for the greater works of God. Not just the, the bread that causes us to seek after the knowledge of God. Eat this bread. You're going to have the desire to seek after the real greater knowledges of God. That's what that leftover bread is. It's for the greater part. And that should be treated with all holiness. And remember that the Lord, what does the Lord do? He seals his instruction in us during the night in these days before the, uh, before the eternity. So what is happening is if you meditate during the light, night and you eat of this bread, then you're knowing that you're trying to get the instruction of the greater works of God. Don't waste that thing. If you make bread and you serve it to people who come to the house and there's some left over, take that bread. and Remember that you use that for good works and God could do what you ask him to do if you did it in the right way. But take that other and set yourself aside in meditation at night and eat of that bread, asking of God to understand the greater works and asking him to seal that with you. So you eat that like in the evening time later, early in the night, and wait on the Lord. Meditate with the Lord like David did in Psalms 119. Laying on his bed, getting the greater knowledge of God poured out on him. And then you'll know it by morning. These are things of greatness of God that are prepared for us. And this is what you're talking about in these blessings of the tribes. These are the greater blessings, the great works of you for the tribes. You know, it tells us in the morning, uh, in, in the tribe of Benjamin, the 12th one, it says in the, he's a ravenous wolf. What is a ravenous wolf? He's wanting that extra part. A wolf goes after everything. He wants not only the former rain. He wants the latter rain. He goes after it. And in the morning, he shall devour that. He will receive it because in the night, he divided the spoil. What's that mean, divide the spoil? He understood the, the former and the latter. And he wanted to know the way of the seven spirits, fullness in the end times. And he seeks that because God will divide it in that instruction. He seals that kind of instruction in the night. And we're in the day of the Lord of the night when that is being poured out if we will receive it. And in the morning time, in the morning time, we will receive authority to do, go forth in the way of the seven spirits so that we can be refined, so that we can bring forth the likeness of the Garden of Eden and bring the kingdom of heaven on earth is what that means and completely change the way we work. No longer will we work in the way of the Lord, I mean of the world. No longer will we be limited by the science laws of man that are not really science laws. These laws of man are like the, the science laws today of man, which I try to tell people in the past. And it's hard to grasp this. 
But you have to understand these are limited laws. They don't have any power authority over the words of God, which is the greater laws. They control the party because you can ask for a mountain to be moved. You cannot do that with any kind of science law without lots of equipment. But you can pick it up as it is and move it and nothing will be moved from the particles that you picked up and moved over to here. You don't have to filter them, shift them, anything. They just go. The whole group goes. See, that's the difference between God's laws and man's laws. Massive difference. You can't even think the same. So the way you will work, the way you will bring forth the great harvest, the hundredfold harvest, can be different than what you think. No fertilizer required. Understanding and wisdom is required. Wisdom of the words of God and understanding of the ways of these eternal promises and the counsel of the instruction of the Spirit of God. Understanding what is for the works of God for this time, what's given the glory of God, what does he want done with this piece of land? You know, it's a great story. I told this guy today when we're talking about the Judges 20 there. When the, when the Israelites gathered together, they were furious with these people of Benjamin. And, and the people of Benjamin, like the shepherds today, they're, they're backing the Pope. Can you understand this? I mean, if you go to the Vatican, you surely can see an obelisk in the center of the thing. You can't miss it. If you walk straight, when you go into the Vatican, you're going to run into the obelisk. You can't avoid it. Obelisk is a pagan monument. It's a phallus symbol. It's a pagan god. And you see all the goddesses and goddesses all over the place. In, 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 in a, a church in England, you got the dragon as a weather vane on the church. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And you got gargoyles all over churches, Catholic churches all over. And yet we say, okay, this is okay. We can go in there and worship and praise God and eat the wrong communion without any understanding of the words of God or the way of the Lord or the way of the seven spirits, which because they don't teach this. They have a different doctrine they're teaching. But it's the same way in the churches. We have steeples, palace symbols. It's not the way of God to have this. Not that I understand. Because God gives us the design of temples. He gives us the design of our house. If a church is his house, he certainly doesn't want them built like we build them today. We have no faith in the way he told us to build them. So we don't build them that way. So if if we did them right, you know, if we understood it, we go back to this thing with the judges. They, you know, they, they gathered together. They saw the, the 12 pieces because why? The bones and the flesh. He cut the woman's body that they had... Uh, the tribe of Benjamin had mutilated at, at Gibeah. They had mutilated their bodies. I mean, they they killed her from the sex and stuff they had with her. Totally, just wore her out and bled. I'm sure until she died that morning. And the guy put her on his animal and took her back. He was going to go to Shiloh, and I don't think he stopped at Shiloh. I think he went right home to take care of this body. He cut the body up into twelve pieces. It says limbs. So what he's saying is he took bone and flesh. Remember that, you know, the spirit of God, she rep, a woman represents, his wife represented the keeper of the house, and he was a, a Levite, keeper of the house that spread among all the tribes. So, and they would have spread the knowledge of the word of God to them. So he sent that as a, he sent his servant out with that body broken into 12 pieces all over the tribes. And their men were outraged when they heard the story. And they came and, why did he do this? And he told them why. 
See, a bone, a, a bone is a memory device, as I've explained. So it's memory of the 12 tribes, a generational plan of God. And these people acted like Sodom and Gomorrah in Gibeah. They wanted to come out and have homosexual relationships with a priest, with a Levite that was visiting in their area. See, it was very interesting. He stayed with that guy. The, when he went, his concubine had left him. She committed harlotry. We don't know whether that's unfaithfulness or was she worshiping idols. But she left her husband. And she went back to her father in Bethlehem. Now, he was staying as a Levite. They stay in the different nations. And he was in a remote village, in, they say, in, in Ephraim, the mountains of Ephraim. So here we have, he went to Bethlehem after four months to, to, to and, he, and the Lord told him to speak nicely to his wife and he, uh, his concubine, he did. And she took him to his father and the father was glad to see him and he kept asking him to stay and he stayed four days. So she'd been going away four months, but four is the spirit of counsel. So I'm sure he spoke and taught him for four days. He's a Levite. But on the fifth day, he left, even though he was asked to stay again. See, on the fifth day is the day of might. And he had to pass through with his wife. He had to pass through the Jebusite area, Jerusalem now. But back in that days, it was the Jebus. And Jebus was a place of giants, actually. It was wickedness. And his servant wanted to stop there and rest. And he told him, no, we're going through this. Because he knew on the fifth day is the might of God. The spirit will take him where he needed to go. So he went and he finally, he reached... Uh, Gibeah, which is in the tribe of Benjamins, and he went into the center of town. And as a Levite, they are supposed to take care of them when they come into a town, but nobody did it except one old man came. And when the guy took him into his house, it was just like Sodom and Gomorrah. The people of the town came and asked for the man to put him out so they could have sexual relations with the with the man, with the Levite, the tribe of Benjamin people. Wickedness, just like Sodom and Gomorrah. And so. The, the, somehow the, the concubine got shoved out. The guy offered his daughter, but the, and um, they rejected that they wanted the man, but somehow the concubine got sent out. And um, they they raped her and so forth. And she, when, he came, when, the, when the Levite came out that morning, now I don't know how the, uh, and why he went to sleep, but he slept and got up uh, in the morning. I don't think any of that was right in my mind, but somehow I don't understand that yet. But anyway, he, he sees the woman on the threshold. She'd reached the threshold and put her hands on the threshold. See, the threshold is supposed to be where the words of God are. And she had no hope. She was going to the words of God to deliver her. Her husband, a Levite, didn't deliver her. He didn't have a strong relationship with the Lord. It's evident. And... He put her on a, she he called to her to get up and come on and uh, it was almost like disgusted. You know, this whole thing is because she did the harlotry and, and then he went and got her and brought her back and we were on the way back and this happened to him. Understand, he likely paid for her um, because concubine and so on, paid her father for it. But in any case, he goes to this, to to his home, <clears throat> cuts up her body, has his servant sent it around. He, the servant had wanted to stop in that Jebus and he told him, no, we will not stop there with this place of wickedness. So he went to the tribe of Benjamin, which is to be of them. But it wasn't. And so they, they did this wickedness. And then when he when the people of Israel, <clears throat> when he'd sent his, the body of the woman around on a tour and had come back, 
and they uh, saw this body, and they came in to ask him what's going on, and then they gathered all the men, and they're going to go against the people of Benjamin. But they asked the people of Benjamin to deliver these wicked ones, and they wouldn't do it. <clears throat> and that's my point of this day. The church is not coming out when God tells them to come out. They will not receive the words of wisdom and deliver up his people to come out and to deliver the wicked ones, to get rid of the idolatry, get rid of homosexuality, get rid of the idols. You know, there's no change at all in Washington. They have, you know, like the General Flynn was a former director of intelligence agency, which I don't think there is any intelligence agency in Washington and hasn't been because the information they're passing is not true. It's what they want them to believe. It's not what really is true. Because I've been in really true meetings of the dark side of our of the Crown Trust system in our government. And that is not being told to the people, nor is it sent out in intelligence briefings. So this is the kind of people that <clears throat> Trump is putting in or going to put in or whatever it is. I'm just saying nothing's changed. The swamp is still there. It's still, as they call it, the swamp. It, it's still the, like the bottom of the sea. These people are of the darkness. It hasn't changed a thing. It's just another face, and it's all dis- deceit. They're even talking about the Electoral College meets on December 19th, and they may not even vote for Trump as president. And they would create lawsuits and everything else and go on. But they're all acting real calm like they're going to get along at this time. No, they're not getting along, not changing anything. It's the same kind of Ruby, Rudy Giuliani, which hid all the things about 9-11 and got anointed by the queen over there, some kind of noble order. I mean, that that is tragic. He didn't tell the truth, hasn't told the truth, and denies the truth until this day. And he's good friends with the Bushes and all the rest of them. And he's going to be maybe the attorney general or some other high post of this government. It's worse than anything. They're just bringing back the, I mean, it's just changing names. It's the same people. There's nothing changed, whether it's Hillary or these people. It's the same. Destruction is coming. God's vengeance is coming at this time. He's going to cause them to come out because he controls their, the bone that's in their mouth, which he tells us in Ezekiel 38. And he's going to tell them at, that, at a certain time, he's telling them to come. And they're going to judge the people because they are of the devil and all those who follow them and work for them are of the devil. Any leader, any general, any military officer, anybody like that that serves them or works for them is doing evil because they're walking with those who fornicate with the devil. You cannot serve those people at this time. And back in these days, let's get back to the story. You get back to Judges 20. What you see is these people come against, the the people of Israel come against the tribe of Benjamin, and Benjamin just kicks the tail out of them twice. They did two different raids, and they, they killed tremendous amounts of Israelites twice, and the Israelites are bemoaning. They have massive numbers and of people, but the Benjamites are strong. If you read the blessing of Benjamin, yes, they're strong. They're mighty. They're like wolves. They're above those. It was their blessing to do so. But remember that these people of Israel listened to a Levite church, uh, person, and then they you know, did their own will. After they did that, they finally sought God. After two times of losing, They finally sought God, and God then allowed them to go and have deliverance. And they they killed not as many Benjamites as uh, Benjamites had killed Israelites, but they defeated them. 
And it's a long story. It goes on. There's a lot more to it. But I just want to point out the, the basics of this thing. The basics of this thing is none of them were doing good. The Levite was like today, a lukewarm believer. Lukewarm the way he treated his girl. Lukewarm the way uh, he went out. And yeah, he was. it looks like he's zealous. He, he cut up these parts and like in his anger, his wrath, just like Levi and Simeon did in the days when they attacked Shechem. And they hamstrung hamstrung an ox. In other words, what they mean by that is the oxes, Jacob, the teaching of the word, they hamstrung it. Because they got these people to come together, but they then went in and lost the war badly. They finally, after getting defeated quite a bit, they, they turned to the Lord. But they really didn't correct much. It's a dark time. What it really shows, it's a very mirror time to this time. The church has no power. They're going to Washington. They're going all over the place and negotiating with people, which the Lord told them not to do. And the war is going to come on and defeat the church. It's going to come on and put everybody in taxation, put everybody in prison camps. Not much different than the Holocaust. Holocaust. You know, they they didn't turn to the Lord and seek his words. Didn't repent as a nation of Israel. Gentiles did nothing to help them. They didn't seek the Lord for the knowledge of his words that overcome the world. Didn't even think that way. So the Holocaust occurred, and yeah, they delivered some at the end because it's the time. God had the plan, and it's the plan of the crowd trust to do these things in sequences. They used that war to implement the FDA, to implement the taking over Russia and China, bringing all the nations. They humbled all the nations, lowered them down, got them into financial difficulties, so they had to borrow more money. They created the fake currency system, all of this to get the people totally in debt to the crown trust system while they stole the gold. And now they're coming to to do the last part, which the last part is the global genocide. They want to reduce the world by 7 billion people. So they're going to create massive civil war. But in the meantime, you know, they look at their political leaders and their political leaders are trying to all look like they're getting along right now. In reality, they're doing the opposite. They're financing. I mean, look at the buses that deliver the people that are protesting. Where are they getting the money? How are they getting the money to bring the immigrants in? How are the DHS buses going up through Mexico? How do you get DHS buses traveling through Mexico unless DHS is in Mexico? Bringing these immigrants from the you know from Africa over to Central America and up into the U.S. Constant buses going up and down like that, and we don't say nothing. You know, what were the military doing down there in Central America, setting up training bases for these people? <sighs> the world's a mess, but we're just like it was in the days of the ending of the judges. And just like it says there in the ending of the judges, it's like, well, we have the same preachers, same teachers that God purposely knew they were going to be like this. And if you read Zechariah 10.3, if you, where God says he's angry with all the shepherds at this time, you know, I was in a church and they spoke prophecies over me and I'd like to provide those prophecies to people they'd understand. But they spoke these wonderful prophecies, two in a row. One of them says, you're, you're walking in the spirit. Let's see you walking on the water. Another one was talking about you have the keys of the kingdom. And he says, words will kill you. People don't understand. It is words. If we take the words of the devil versus the words of God, these words of the devil are going to kill us, just like it says in Revelation twelve seventeen. The, the words coming out of the mouth of the great dragon. And that's what the church is following. And immediately after these wonderful prophecies are spoken, I see the preacher of the church who, who's a 
He's very big in casting out demons. He comes up and he's trying to cast out demons. Doesn't matter about the words of God or the knowledge of the words of God that he knew. That I talked to him the day before, the, that week before that. In that week, I'd met with him for breakfast, tried to talk to him about the knowledge of the words of God. And he says, well, there's nothing we can do about changing the world. Uh, the generals in Washington have told me about the 3,000 FEMA camps and all this. There's just nothing we can do about it. We have to wait on the Lord. God he delivered it to him, the person by whom the words of God had been opened, and I was trying to make known the knowledge to him. And let him know the Lord is coming for the separation judgment and to seal us with the new covenant. But they would not hear. They had other agendas. They had a ministry. They're casting out demons. Another one was a great prophecy. He spoke this wonderful prophecy over me in 2002. In September, and, and and it was the same thing thing there. It was a uh, it's a long prophecy, but it, it was a marvelous prophecy talking about God is giving these the the egg to open until all the eggs are open, the end won't be done. But God has done this. And interesting thing is that this prophet, after he heard these prophecies spoken over me, came up to he wanted to know information about how to how to if I had any connections with the system to, that they could throw some, to sell some gold to them. <laughs> Very interesting. You know, he's talking about their, their, his, his ministry is seeking to do this work where they can trade in currencies. Ignored the blessings of the, of the prophecies that were just spoken about the words and so on. Their interest was in how do I make money? How do I make money? Do you have a connection with the world system, people you work with, that you can help me get this gold place so I can make some dollars on this? Oh, and I'll use that ministry yeah, to build a mansion, to get a jet, to do all these things. Just, you know, one of the things he bragged about is that he was working towards getting a jet. He saw the whole jet. He saw the plane. He imagined the details of the plane and all that. You know, we're coming to a point where God tells them if they don't get the words, they will not work at all. You think that means he's going to fly an airplane? I'm not, I'm just putting this out there. Lord loves all these people. They're, they're wrong in where they're going. Their intention is growing their prosperity. Their intention is being important. Their intention is negotiating with the leaders of the world, negotiating with the bankers of the world. That's their focus. It's not on the kingdom of God. And because of that, the people, there's no food in the storehouse of the people and they will be held into account for that. Lord tells him in Zechariah 10, 3, he's angry with the shepherds because all the people are with the goat herds. They're still in the world. They have not come out of the world as they're told to do in John 17, 17 by the knowledge of truth because the shepherds don't know what the knowledge of truth is. What Jesus tells us is his words. And he tells us in John 12, 48, we're going to be judged by his words. He was sent into the world to speak the words of God. Deuteronomy 18, 18, 19, that's what sets him apart. I've heard major TV evangelists say, oh, he wasn't really the Messiah sent to the Gentiles. I mean, sent to the Jews at that time. No, he was. Absolutely, we proclaimed it, made it known, testified of it. In front of Pilate, he said, I was sent into the world to bear witness to the truth. That's what they were supposed to be waiting on, the words of God that are law. Psalms 119, 142, and 160. They would not hear it. Because of that, look at the trouble we're in. Lord, let's pray that people, please, if they will hear this word, Lord, cause them to understand we must come out. We're no different than those people in Judges 20. And Lord, they all went into captivity under Sennacherib. Lord, I pray that the people understand this is trouble. 
They were in captivity at that time. And dear Lord, even till later, they went into trouble. They went away into captivity. Oh, Lord, please help us to come to your truth, to, to, to turn, dear Lord, to your ways, dear God, and know, understand the times. Let the people come to knowledge of truth. Father, we ask you all these things. And Lord, I pray that I didn't ramble too much tonight. I pray it was useful. And Lord, we pray that you will cause this message to be known by the people, that they might understand it and follow you at this time. We ask it in thy precious and thy holy name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.